1: Welcome to Let's Talk About It with Janelle King. I am Janelle King, and this is Extra 106.3. This is where we discuss kitchen table topics that are banned from family gatherings but are necessary for a strong republic. And that's where we are right now. So there's something that's happening um, that I've noticed, like a phenomenon, that kind of came out of nowhere. But before I go there, so for those of you who don't know, Kelvin and I have a 10-year difference, (laughs) age difference. Um, He is a Gen Xer. I'm a millennial. And I have a bonus son who is nine years younger than me um, because Kelvin was 19 when he had him or, or when he was conceived. And so... We like to feel like we get a, got a good post on things because although Christian is a millennial as well, he is a younger millennial. He is cracking 30 this year, um, and I will be cracking 40 next year, and Kelvin will be, will be cracking 50 next year. So it's literally 30, 40, 50. <laughs> it's pretty cool if you really think about it. Now, it's not it's not the way we thought it would be planned out, but it's, it is what it is nonetheless. I'm saying all that to say... That when we have discussions, our discussions are really, really good because they come from different perspectives. We share certain things. Now, while we all are kind of interconnected in the generations uh, because we're we're separated by decades, it's it's just it's interesting to see how the processing takes place based on the new world that we're living in because it feels like everybody's world is just brand new to them right it feels like the gen zers are living in a world that they live in that we have no clue about millennials gen xers um down to the silent generation i mean there's just seems like there is just a really really different Perspective on things That being said There's something That's happening I believe it's happening Across generations I don't think it's something That's primarily Focused on one And we tend to highlight it In one area But I don't think It's primarily focused In one generation I really do think That it kind of goes Across the board And it stretches Across the gamut Like in other words It's hitting all of us It's affecting all of us In some capacity And if you don't know What that is Or why that is That's what we want to explore In this discussion before I tell you what I'm talking about, let me start here. So there's a TV show that I like to watch called On Patrol Live. And this show, to me, it's either the same Producers, I haven't researched it, but it's very similar to Live PD, which got canceled, which I was so mad. And I don't mean cancel because no one was watching. It was canceled because everyone was watching. And, um, you know, the, the cancel culture came and got it. And the reason why is because in Live PD... You have um, several police departments that are being followed with cameras, and you can actually watch them interact with the community. You can actually watch them do their beat and do whatever they're doing, and you do it live. It's all live. So it's one of my favorite, favorite shows in the whole world because— I feel like I still get to hang out in the streets on the weekends, but I can do it from the comfort of my home. So I watched on patrol live and believe me, our people are doing a lot right now, particularly for the cameras. Okay. Um, I say that to say that there are a lot of cases. There's a lot of interactions that are, that those police officers have primarily, they are very monument, a uh, very small, they're, they're minuscule. They're not uh, major crimes or things like that. Most of it is either drug related or it's something that's associated with a domestic violence or a domestic dispute and things like that. Right. But there's something that happens when I watch that show. And I kind of just made it something that is just normal to me. You know, it's not something that I um, think they're even aware of. Because being in media, I understand that when that red light comes on, there's something that happens in your brain. It really does. Like, you can pretend like it does it all you want to. People act like they're being their true self on camera. But we all censor, even if it's just a little bit. Um, Prime example. So I, particularly this show, I have very few notes. And that's so that I don't censor myself as much as I possibly can. And the reason why I do that is because I understand that there's different perspectives. There's just different angles to different stories and I I'm really cautious about making sure that I own don't only show my side of the story but then again that's what I'm here for right that that's what this is is to show my side but that being said I brought up the live show because at the end of the day when we look when I watch this show I'm looking at these officers and they're it just seems like they're a little extra nice sometimes or there's a little bit of an extra that the jokes flow a little more freely it's just I kind of can tell that something's happening and it just makes me wonder if they are really who they are being who they are or they're just censoring a little bit or they're being a completely different person I don't know I don't know and that's the case for all of us in so many different ways I also follow this page on Instagram called ATL Scoop that tracks local crime that's caught on camera. And I love ATL Scoop. It gives me the scoop. I mean, that's why I look at it, because I want to know what the heck is going on around here in Atlanta. And it really got me thinking about how or what happens when... These videos that they capture of these criminals doing crazy things when it goes viral, like it kind of makes me wonder what happens to the person inside the video, because now this person instantly becomes famous. There was a recent outburst of a woman on an airplane and she basically was like claiming that a person wasn't human that was on the plane. Turns out she was this executive and now she's speaking out. Why? Not because she had a moment of crazy, (laughs) whether you want to call it that or not. I still haven't listened to her interview, so I'll get to that either way. She felt the need to speak out because All of a sudden, someone who was just traveling and had a moment now is known by over a million people. And it happened instantaneously. So what am I talking about? Why am I talking about this? I'm talking about this because I believe that we have got to talk about something that has happened. I think social media is the culprit. I think that it's something that has dwelled inside of us all, but we call it different things. But at the end of the day, we are all struggling with something, whether it be on a mass scale or mass level or it be on a small level. But I'm seeing it everywhere, even in politics. So I was reading some tweets. And I'm just going to read a few of them to you. I'm not going to tell you who sent them. I'm not going to tell you what party they represent. I'm literally just going to read the tweet. And the reason why I'm going to read the tweet is because I think it's important for you to hear some of these tweets that are coming out. And I will tell you this. These are all elected officials that are tweeting these things. Here's the first one. These nine members of Congress believe Israel is racist. We will remember this vote. Mm. Interesting. Can somebody please buy Al Sharpton a history textbook? The COVID emergency allowing mass absentee ballots opened the door to fraud. Okay. The only thing net zero will reduce is net zero, I mean, I'm sorry, the only thing net zero will reduce to zero are our civil liberties. Authoritarian governments will squeeze their citizens all under the veil of protecting the environment. <laughs> and here's the last one, last one, promise. There are many reasons for this, one being that the baby boomer gen changed a lot of the norms and structures of Congress, schedules, staff, COLA, etc., so the actual job became very unsustainable for never people, I mean I'm sorry, for newer people who are younger, working class, or parents. What are these people talking about? If I read this tweet, like I just did, without you knowing who it came from or what party they represent, you probably can kind of tell in the tweets. But at the end of it all, I'm all I'm still sitting here clueless because we're no longer communicating for information. We're communicating for sound bites. We're at a point now where a majority of our elected officials are communicating because they want to have a moment. They're looking for their viral moment. And it's not just happening in politics. I think politics is kind of that last bastion of, 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 of people who are now falling prey to this. But it's something that's quite interesting. At church on Sunday, my pastor said, I go to um, Church of the Apostles, Dr. Youssef. He said something along the lines of, even if you're doing something small that you know it's necessary because it's the right thing to do, don't worry about who gets the recognition. Don't worry about who sees you. Don't worry. I'm paraphrasing, but don't worry about all of that. You need to focus on what you're doing because... God sees it, but I can't, I I, I must be honest when people wake up and they're searching through their social media and they're looking at how many likes or follows they have. I don't think they're concerned if God sees it. I think they're more concerned about everybody else. They want other people to see it. And I want to know why. That's what I wanted to know. That's what led me down this trail. So when we get back from the break, we're going to talk about fame. We're going to talk about what fame is doing to everyone. It's not just those who are celebrities or those who feel that they are, you know, famous, even if it's in their own head. (laughs) But we're going to talk about what this is doing across the board and particularly in politics, because it's really not good. We are we are heading down a very, very bad path. And I'm deeply, deeply concerned about it. So thank you for checking in on us. Lock in, get a tea, get a drink, do whatever you need to do this Saturday afternoon because we're going to talk about fame. And I'm interested to see what you think after the end of this. You're listening to Let's Talk About It with Janelle King on Extra 106.3. Let's talk about it with Janelle King on Extra 106.3. Just to recap, before the break, I kind of started out talking about what's happening in our society. I mentioned a TV show that I love to watch called On Patrol Live. I mentioned some politicians and their t- their tweets that no longer sound like our elected officials are trying to inform us. It sounds like they're looking for a viral moment. They are no longer wanting us to be educated on what's happening in government. They are, um, instead they are speaking to us in sound bites. No one is reading anything anymore. Prime example, I don't think anyone that's speaking about these recent indictments have actually read it but that's neither here nor there. We'll get into that in another show, which is coming up really soon because I read the entire indictment and so did my husband. And we have some interesting things to say about it. That being said, no one's really searching anything anymore. Everyone's looking for a viral moment. And that's what we talked about in the first part of the show. But now I want to dig a little bit deeper. When I saw that there's an uptick in crime, I saw that the political tweets are just kind of turning into sound bites. I really believe there is one common denominator, and that's social media. I mean, let's just be real. George Floyd went from being arrested for a crime to having a statute of himself. Can we can we please acknowledge that, regardless of how you feel about what happened, we're not debating that, okay? Regardless of how you feel, this guy went in and, tried to purchase something with a counterfeit $20 bill and that turned into unfortunately his demise however it didn't stay there he has turned into they have memorialized him he now has a full statue in the same clothes that he was wearing when he was trying to purchase that item fraudulently and people think that's okay no one sees that as weird I mean, literally a nobody, to most people, because nobody knew who he was, to now being memorialized. I don't know. I don't know about you, but I know for a fact that that would not have happened if social media was not involved. It wouldn't. And I'm concerned that some of these crimes that we are seeing take place right now, I'm concerned that they're looking for a viral moment and if you think i'm being silly let's go back let's go back to the time before there was social media every single like the most heinous crimes every single one of the most heinous crimes can probably be drilled down to like serial killers and the common denominator with serial killers is that they want people to know who they are. Not necessarily who they are, but they want to make sure that whatever they're doing becomes famous. That's the point in most cases. The whole idea of committing these types of crimes is so that people will know who they are. It all drills down and boils down to fame. And I'm thinking that sometimes we're seeing upticks in in crime because we have people who have found out that there is a pathway to being legendary, to leaving a mark on society, even if it means they're dead. There are people who do not care. They will challenge the cops. They will do things simply because it allows them to feel like somebody sees them. There's a new term now. It's like I I, I hear couples talking about this. They're like, you know, I want to be seen I want to be seen, see me. (sighs) I have fallen into that myself if I'm being transparent. But there were times when I'm like, I don't know if you really know me. You know, and that's something, something's up with that. Because no one really knows anyone at the capacity or the way that you know yourself. It's not even possible. But we think it is. Because our entire lives are put on Display. You got to consider. Let's look at crime again. You got to consider the fact that a lot of the people who are on these shows, like First 48 or um, the On Patrol Live or and I'm not knocking these shows by any means. I mean, I, I don't have a problem with it. I'm a capitalist. Do what you have to do. I just believe that we have to pay attention to what's happening and how we're all kind of feeding into this Every time we see a crime that's like crazy or like wild, the first thing we do is we start sharing it. We share it on our social media. We share links of our social media. It is going everywhere, everywhere. Uh, Typically, these people come from impoverished communities. In a lot of ways, they have a lot of built-up aggression and feel that they have no future. And for some reason, we don't see this, but... Or maybe we do, or maybe you're seeing it now. But social media provides an opportunity to be known for something, even if you're only known for doing 15 second dances. You're known for something, and I and there's a price to pay when it comes to fame. But before we go there, let's look at our politicians. Everything at this point is about money and attention. I mean, I cannot believe that we are really in a situation where we have two individuals who are, quote unquote, leading in the polls, representing both parties. And I'm talking about Joe Biden and Donald Trump. And I continue to talk to people on the ground. And more and more people on the ground, whether you are a Trump supporter or not, regardless of how I feel or not, when I talk to people, I can't deny the fact that most people don't want to see either one of them in the White House. So how is it that the two people that are leading in the polls are also the two people that most people don't want to see in the White House? Because there are so many people who are so afraid that if they say something against who is leading right now, that that's gonna impact their image, it's gonna impact their relationships, it's gonna impact their social media following, whether it be good or not. It almost feels like talking about Trump gets you attention. And I have to say that it's true. It is true. Before I did anything in media, I had no clue about media. I was just, working behind the scenes in politics and helping candidates and campaigns, a journalist asked to do a short expose on me because I was like a unique Trump voter. And then from there, my media kind of started taking off. It wasn't necessarily that particular article, but I got comfortable doing media so I wouldn't turn things down. I would just take these opportunities to do media. And I see where I am now. And I'm not by any means famous, but I will say that more people know me now than knew me then. It's like a natural phenomenon. So I don't even think it's something that you, 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 you're, you're creating. I mean, you almost get caught up in it. You don't even realize you're here. I mean, it still feels weird to me if people recognize me on the streets. I mean, I'm like, first of all, I'm not even close to being as known as some people. But clearly, more and more people are getting to know me. Through media, and that made me take a closer look at this thing called fame, because I know very little people who have chased viral moments, who have actually and actually achieved fame, who say that it's a great thing, that it's wonderful. It almost feels like having a platform forces you to have to conform just a little bit or a whole lot depending on what you want to do if you want to sell your soul if you don't want to be connected to people as much if you don't want to uh if, if you don't care about your morals or what you know you find to be personal values then you're probably liable to do a whole lot for this thing called fame but most of us just find ourselves looking for ways, and I say most of us, meaning people who have a platforms of some sort, typically find their way looking for a means or a way to um, kind of step away from the limelight. You know, we kind of like to live in the, in the woods and just kind of away from people when we're on our downtime because it takes a lot out of you. But then I look at our politicians and I feel like, once again, social media has them looking for a viral moment. Like, you've got to have a viral moment. So much so that I watched this show called The Shy. And I like to watch shows that are very, very... deeply connected to their culture and the black culture in particular. So I can understand where people are going, what they're thinking, because I know it drives a lot of people's conversations, energy and decisions. So there's a particular show that I watch and I must say it's a really good show. Now it's very liberal, but I like to look at things for the quality of work. I mean, it's, it's a good show. The actors act well, the writing is pretty decent. The, it's actually really good. The, I mean, it's a good show, right? if that's what you like. Now I look at it and I critique it, but if you some people may agree with it, I don't know. But I'm noticing that with that show there was a, a role, there was a gentleman who ended up running for office, and I think it was like a city council, and his whole storyline was that he actually was with the transgender and all that stuff, and he came out and became his true self and all of that. But there was a moment in there where they said that, you know, after you kind of came out and you let people know, your numbers dwindle, you're too neck and neck, we're running really close. And then his, his, his assistant or his consultant said, you need a viral moment. I mean, this was on the show. It's now become a thing where it's like you got to have a viral moment unless or else, you know, your your social media won't pop. Things won't pop. It just won't help for you, work, work out for you. And I'm just like, oh, my God, we're all turning into like fame whores. And I'm really annoyed with it because it's not good. Like everyone wants to be famous and it's just the weirdest thing to me, I'm telling you. But I think the root of this is much deeper than just being seen. Yeah, I think everybody wants to be noticed. I think everybody wants to be seen. But there's an acknowledgement that comes to this. And there's a fulfillment that comes with it. And, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, we're all familiar with it. Self-fulfillment is at the top. And some people call it the fulfilling of personal desires, but if you look closer at the, the human desire for fame and recognition, it is very much so deeply rooted in Maslow's hierarchy of needs and that deep aspiration for self-fulfillment. It's there. It's the, it's the desire to achieve. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that desire. I think the problem is that the game board shifted. While we were all thinking that the way in which you obtain this desire, the way in which you obtain this level of um, of of achievement, of success, at one point it was through hard work, it was through consistency, it was through discipline, it was through having passion. It was it was the times when I remember. I remember a, a woman told me one time that she was like, this is your time to go after your dreams. You're not married. You don't have any children. You could eat, you know, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches as much as you want. You can save your money. Like, this is your time. And that is what it took in order to obtain some level of achievement or success in the world. But that's not where it is anymore. The, the, the game has shifted on us. And I think a lot of people are really confused about what to do. Businesses are having to hire people. I know we're hiring people. We're bringing on people to help push our social media presence when it comes to certain things that we're doing. Um, But I know that it's just one of those things where I'm watching it very closely because I I never want to turn into someone who's inauthentic. I don't want to be disingenuous. I don't want to have a connection to people that doesn't really mean anything. Instead, it's just like, I don't know. It's just something that we all do. (laughs) I'm going to post on social media when I'm promoting this. um, And so you'll be able to see it now. But I'm going to post on social media some clips from an episode of black mirror. If you haven't seen it, go see it. It's on Netflix. Um, and it's, it's an episode called nose dive. It's one of my favorites. And, um, it's a young lady who is desperate to have likes on social media because that is what the currency has become your self worth and level of success and achievement for so many people has been reduced down to how many likes they have, how many comments do they get, how many shares. And it's really, really easy to get caught up in that if you're not aware. I believe that there is a transformation that has taken place of each of us individually where we are now actors on this whole social media stage or show. And we're playing leading roles in our own narratives, which we've always have done. But we're also directing and producing now. It used to be that you were just the actor, right? You kind of just you were the, the the star actor in your own show and whatever happened happened. It was more like a reality show. <laughs> But now we're producers and we're directors and we're like executive producing our lives and we're doing it through technology and we're creating this image of what our lives are like without without telling people that it's just an image. I think it's safe to assume that that's what it is for everybody. But, you know, some people, I guess, are giving their authentic self on social media. But the fact that you don't really know is where the problem is. I think that's something we need to talk about. I think there needs to be like this deeper, deeper, um, I would say exploration into this common thread between the surge and crime in our political landscape and how social media, is like this omnipresence that's surrounding all of this. Because at this point, our politicians are celebrities. It's the weirdest thing. You know, I, and I know I say it a lot because that's a word that I just really feel, that it really does feel weird to me. But I'll say this, you know, when Kelvin ran for office, there were so many moments where people wanted to take pictures and greet us and waited in line to talk to us. And it always felt a little uncomfortable because we understood and we were actually humbled and honored to be in a position where people wanted to hear what we had to say. But we never never wanted to become a thing where it's like it's us that you're looking at. Something we say at home is that, you know, when people call us a power couple, we always say, but we we, we can't wait to share with people what's empowering us. Because we're just individuals. And that's what we all are. There's a TV show called Fake Famous that I saw recently where they really analyze like the power of social media by taking ordinary individuals and turning them into these viral sensations, shaping this whole public perception and it even starts to affect policy. What I mean by that is, so on the show Fake Famous, you have individuals who are regular people who are pretty much taken into um, or under the wing of these social media experts who purchase likes for them. And I said that correctly. They purchase likes and comments and shares for them. And they boost their social media literally overnight. Now, there's ways to do that by working with different people and, like, you know, really kind of getting your name out there. So not everyone whose social media grows quickly is because they're purchasing likes and stuff. That's not the case. But there are people who do. And that's what was happening. And as a result, you kind of watched how these people who were ordinary people like you and me, how they turned into these semi D-level celebrities. And they felt like they were somebody. Like it, you almost you almost could visually see their confidence increase like right before our eyes. I don't know about you, but I think we're I think we're heading into a dangerous space, man. I really do. I think we're heading into a dangerous space because when the whole world wants to be a celebrity, when there are thousands and thousands and thousands of actually successful influencers, you know, saturation is bound to happen. And I think the market is just changing. And what does that mean for us? What does that mean for the future? I think it's important for us to start to examine how social media creates this avenue for recognition and fame. I think we saw that with young people, particularly young girls, social media has been extremely detrimental to their just going through puberty, like their stage of growth. I mean, I I couldn't imagine being on social media when I was 12 and 13 years old. I can't imagine it. Um, I was bullied in school. But bullying in school is a lot different than virtual bullying. It's a lot different. And I say that because when you're in school, there's still this element of we're face-to-face, so there's, like, a little bit of a barrier. Um, And I wasn't, like, one of those people that was – beat up in school but I was picked on and things like that because I was really quiet and you know just kind of a nerdy little chick and um but that being said it was kind of healthy because it prepared me for the real world because you know you're pretty much bullied through life (laughs) this is just how the world works but now you have this thing called virtual bullying and This is taking things to an all time level because that barrier, that personal barrier that used to block you and stop you from saying the worst of the worst things to a person is no longer there. And now it's like it's normal for people to come out of nowhere and say some of the most heinous things to people. And it's almost like this is normal. So so, whereas we're bullying kind of served a purpose when we were growing up because we have social media, at least I did. It was it was coming into play when I was in high school, but not when I was in elementary school or middle school. And, you know, it just things have changed. And now we are dealing with people who are terrified that if they go viral if it's not for a good reason you have people that are literally committing suicide they're literally taking their own lives because we have become celebrities in our own heads and we have also turned people into these viral figures that didn't ask to be famous. So, it's almost like you're getting hit from both ways. So, how do we how do we deal with this? How do we get back focused? How do we get off of this? How do we how do we check ourselves when we find ourselves in these moments? We're going to talk about that and so much more after the break. You're listening to Let's Talk About It with Janelle King on Extra 1063. We'll be right back. to Let's Talk About It with Janelle King. I am Janelle King, and this is Extra 106.3. And if you missed the first part, you missed almost the whole show. But it's okay. It's totally fine because you'll be able to recap this entire show on Tuesday of next week or the week, the following week on my podcast. And you can go to my website, allthingsjking.com, in order to find ways to listen. The best way for you. So we talked about this thing called fame and how it's just permeating throughout our society. We have criminals who want viral moments, so they create more crimes. You got politicians who don't know how to explain information because they want to have a tweetable moment and a viral moment. You have just regular people doing dances, dancing for hours in order to find the perfect 30 second clip just wasting time and wasting their lives away, all so that their little video can get likes and be shared around the world by people and, and, and from people that they don't even know. There's just this deep desire. Our our idea of achievement is no longer working hard, being disciplined, doing something sustainable. Our idea of achievement is a moment in time where a lot of people know who we are. It's just really bad. It's not good. And I think that a lot of people are worried about AI because it's gonna Encroach upon their goal to be famous. I mean, I know you, if you haven't heard, there was a story about a woman who was an AI generated model that had tons of followers. I mean, people were commenting and sharing and loving this person, obsessed with this woman, trying to connect with her and all these things just to find out that she never existed that it was AI generated. And what's bizarre to me is that when I looked at the pictures, I'm like, how could we possibly think this is a real person? But then again, I reminded myself that in the world of 5,000 filters, everyone looks AI generated. <laughs> I mean, I don't think I saw, I've seen a real picture of a human being in like, I don't know. It's If I see something that's not heavily, you know, filtered or something I'm just in shock like how is this even possible and now our cameras are just turning into like the best cameras ever I'm going into restaurants that have ring lights around the mirrors in the bathroom for bathroom photo shoots I mean guys something is really happening right now and I I think we are allowing it we're giving it a pass because we're all participating whether you're doing it on a large scale or whether you're doing it on a small scale. And all it's doing is causing us to focus our shift and shifting to something else. We're no longer looking for substance in people. We're no longer looking for great ideas. We're no longer looking for startups that are um, cutting edge. We're looking for how many followers do you have? How many people like you? or at least, you know, pretend to, that's what matters. People are making business decisions with real money based on how many followers people have. Do you know that you can make up to like $20,000 a week, I'm sorry, a month doing social media and making little viral videos? I mean, why would you want to work hard to achieve anything? And as elected official, we are so far out of control right now. The amount of money that's spent on elections is just crazy. It's unbelievable. Let me put it in context. So having power and fundraising has become such a focal point in politics that... It's just so... It has become the norm. George Washington did not campaign. He was he was elected by the Electoral College unanimously, and that's just how it was. But Abe, let's talk about Honest Abe. Let's talk about Honest Abe. His is a little bit different. So in 1860, he spent $100,000, which is the equivalent of $2.3 million today. $2.3 million today to run for president. Now, mind you, yes, there were less people. I get all of that. So... Keeping that in mind, let's just say he spent $2 million in 1860. That would be the equivalent of $74 million today. So even if there were more people and he had to reach, you know, a lot more and connect more um, in so many different ways, and there was no technology like it is now, so, you know, the idea of being able to push a tweet out— which cost you nothing in the grand scheme of things um, was not an option. So spending money to the campaign then, and particularly when you're doing a lot on horseback and, you know, you, I mean, there was a lot that went into campaigning for president. Okay. I said, let's just give them $2 million. That's still $74 million today, which is still less than what Raphael Warnock spent on his campaign for United States Senate, not president of the United States, for United States Senate, which is one of two in, the st- in one state. He spent one hundred and twelve million dollars. Yeah. Wrap your brain around that. One hundred and twelve million dollars. And it was for a special election in 2020. We've lost our way, people. I think we've lost our way. I can't tell you how many times I talk to people and they say things like I could never say this in public, although we're in public. I can't tell you how many people I talk to who say things like, oh, man, if it wasn't for my platform, you know, I I can't share this on my platform because it will impact my followers and people just would not like me. I mean, it's just we have lost our way. And these are not children. We're talking about grown adults that have decided to trade their core values and core beliefs to be socially accepted. I mean, we've all done it. I'm not by any means... You know, exonerating myself here because I know that there have been times and I hate those moments. I'm going to give you a transparent moment. There is something that I actually regret that happened during the campaign process. We wanted to endorse Governor Kim, we were advised not to. Now, it wasn't that the outcome would have changed. It's not the case. I mean, we were running against Hershey Walker. I mean, he was going to win that primary no matter what. Because <laughs> unfortunately, that's a whole other conversation, but that's just where we are. However, we didn't do it because we were like, uh, why not just stay and play the middle? Like, why not stand in the middle? But we really did believe in his policies. We may not agree with everything, that he's every decision he's ever made. But we believe in his policy. We believe that he did a great job as governor, and we think he would continue to do a great job, which he's doing right now. And clearly there was a lot of other people who believed the same thing. But advisement was, let's just stay out of it, let them handle that. And we just, like, you know, kept it to ourselves. I regret that. I don't think we should have done that. I really want us to pay attention to this intricate web that social media has 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 created inside of all of us that's impacting crime, politics, and even our personal aspirations. And as we conclude, I wanna encourage you to think critically about the role social media is playing in your life. I want you to evaluate the impact that, that, that social media is having on your life I want you to rediscover your core principles and consider how to create balance between seeking recognition and contributing and being a solid person within yourself. That's it. That's my rant. Thank you so much for listening. This is let's talk about it with Janelle King and I am Janelle King. And I look forward to talking to you again next week. Have a great day.
2: And that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of their 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. This morning in North Carolina, wheels are spinning. Determination is winning. A passion is now a thriving business, and it shows no signs of slowing down.